you know, no one I've met so far (laughs) was a kid and just thought, hey, I want to be a freelancer when I grow up. We all kind of fell into it through our different journeys, through our different experiences that we had in life. And I think that's just very common. Anyone you meet as a freelancer, if you meet someone, definitely ask them, how did you get into this? And there's as many different stories as there are freelancers out there. So just get curious and just invite kind of this exploration and see where the journey takes you. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. Today, I'm excited to talk about some of the most common questions that I get asked. Uh, The very first one, we're just going to jump right in with what is a freelancer? This comes up all the time. So the dictionary definition or the internet definition, since who uses a dictionary anymore, uh, is an independent contractor who earns a wage on a per job or per task basis. And it goes on to stress typically on a short-term basis. I disagree with that part. I'll get to that in a second. But basically, a freelancer is an independent contractor. So you're doing something for a client and you get paid for that job or that task, that project. So an example would be design a website, you design the website, and then you no longer do work for that client. You go on to get another client and design a website for them, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people are familiar with this route when it comes to freelancing. A lot of people also, I think, probably have heard of a freelance photographer, let's say. Someone who they have a job doing this one week, and then maybe they're on another project, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So the difficulty here is trying to say that freelancing only exists on a per job or a per task basis. It can, but it can also exist on a longer term basis. Basically, you're not an employee of the company. You're an independent contractor. Now, this can happen in jobs, you know, nine to five jobs as well. Typical W-2 jobs that we're uh, familiar with in the U.S., at least. That's what I mean when I say W-2 employment. When I'm talking about a, a nine to five employee, you have benefits with the company. Many people are hired in these companies as well as independent contractors. I myself worked with a company and I was on a year long contract. After that, there was the option to hire me and keep me on full time, you know, with a company benefits package and all that. But for the first year with them, I mean, I didn't last a year, (laughs) but I was just an independent contractor with no benefits. So freelancer, independent contractor, whatever you want to call it, you're not employed by the company. You're the separate entity that is doing a job in exchange for payment. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be short term. A lot of people are familiar with it. There's this term, you know, the gig economy, like you do a one-off gig. I think there's, you know, I haven't been in the U.S. for a long time, so I'm not as familiar these days with things like TaskRabbit, which I've heard of, or this idea of I need a job done, you pay somebody to do it, and then you never see that person again. That That's kind of what I think of when I think of the gig economy. But so freelancing doesn't have to be that way. I myself have only once have I worked with a client for less than three months. Typically, it's three months to six months. Most of the time, I'm working with people for six months or longer. And my longest client I've had for five years. 
And a trend I see when I look around my friends is that they also tend to work with their clients over and over again, longer term basis. You know, I don't know too many people who just do a one-off thing. So you can make freelancing what you want it to be. There are some people who really enjoy working with different clients constantly on different projects. And, you know, once they're done with the client, they kind of never work with that person again. They go on to the next thing, next thing, next thing. For me, that would be terrifying. For me, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed if I knew I just had to constantly be changing that much. I need some consistency and really enjoy getting to develop a relationship with my clients and work with them long term. So contracting, freelancing, it's, you know, you're not an employee, but it does not have to be a short term thing if you don't want it to be. The second question I get asked all the time is, okay, I want to be a freelancer. What can I do? And the answer is just about anything. If you can do it online, you can become a freelancer at it. Because if you think about this, if you go into your day-to-day job, you're showing up and you're doing a thing. But many times, you know, especially as the pandemic showed us in 2020, so many people learned how to do what they do from their computer at home. And in today's day and age, there's just almost no reason why you can't take whatever you're good at, whatever you're skilled in, and adapt it to being a freelancer. And if you are working in something and want to completely change into freelancing, like you can just pick from a plethora of skills out there and learn something new. So, so many people ask me, do I have to be in tech? Do I have to be a programmer? And fortunately, the answer is no. (laughs) Um, I did go to a code school for a while because that was my thinking back then. I thought, who do I know that's working remotely? Most of the people I knew who had ever mentioned that they, you know, got to work from home sometimes or got to travel and work were developers. And I went to code school to try it. I thought, I'm just going to force myself to become a programmer and that way I can travel. And I didn't. (laughs) I, I, I I enjoyed coding but I didn't want to make a career out of it. It wouldn't have sat well with just my personality and how I am, and I I couldn't do it. But I'm so glad I learned it. Anyway, so there's this very common perception that you have to work in tech in order to freelance, and that's absolutely not the case. Many people do, but there's a whole host of other jobs as well, which is why, for the most part, I'm going to focus on non-tech jobs when I talk about freelancing. One of the most popular things that I see people doing is working as a virtual assistant. And a virtual assistant is almost impossible to describe because it's just so broad. There are people who then specialize down, like people who, you know, I'm a virtual assistant specializing in working with real estate agents. You know, people get very specific, but the broad umbrella is someone who works as an assistant and they do it virtually. They do it through, you know, they could be on the other side of the world, but they're assisting the client with whatever the client needs. And these run the gamut. It can be very specialized, like personal assistant, like someone who manages kind of the day-to-day aspects of someone. And it can get as broad as, you know, data entry help. It can be social media help. Virtual assistants really often are that sort of like jack-of-all-trades. They've, they've learned a couple things and they're ready and willing to jump in and help out where they're needed. Administrative assistant, they're also called sometimes executive assistant. Typically, if they've got experience helping CEOs and executives, you can position yourself as an executive assistant, which typically comes with better pay. But assistant is a great way to jump into freelancing because if you like helping people and you like keeping order in things, there's a lot of ways to make yourself useful, learn new skills, and then kind of either stay in that if that's what you love to do or graduate to something a little bit more specific. Project management is something that is huge and something that is really needed as well. 
in any business just about all over the globe, the ability to define the beginning of a project, manage all of the moving pieces, the team members needed, the budget needed, the outside contractors needed, and the other people to see that project through to completion, that is needed. And that's another place that I recommend that a lot of freelancers take a look into if they're interested. And the great thing about freelancing is you don't have to necessarily have some of the fancy smanchy skills that you might think. If you Google project management, you know, certain certifications will come up and they'll say you need this and you need that. But it can really depend if a client is looking to hire a freelancer to come in. And especially if it's a small business situation or a startup situation, it's not about the certifications that you have. It's about your willingness to jump in and help get the job done. I've done a lot of project management work over my career and I don't have a single certification. I just can show up and dive in and help to get things done. Graphic design is really popular as a freelance career. People need that help and it can be done from anywhere, done from the computer very easily. There's lots of tools out there that help you to go back and forth and work on edits and comments back and forth between the client to get their vision of what they need created. And it's just so much easier these days to collaborate on these things. Social media is another one that's really popular. Everyone is looking for some sort of social media presence just about, and so many people recognize the need for it, but don't have the time or the love to do it themselves. Take me, I despise social media, (laughs) but I know that I reach people by being on it. And in order to share my message, I need to be on social media. I tried over and over and over to force myself to love it, just didn't. So I got someone to help me with social media. So there's tons of small businesses out there, medium businesses, large businesses, all kinds of people need this help. And a lot of times at the smaller levels, business owner knows that they need to do it, but just doesn't have the time. Beyond social media, there's other marketing help just in general. If you love to sell things, if you love to bring things into the world and like put them in front of people and get them excited about them, if you love to tell a story, like there's so much need for marketing help. And as a freelancer, you can really decide which aspect of marketing you want to specialize in and then what clients that you want to work with. Because there's a whole host of people out there. And like one of the things, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about sharing what I know about freelancing and bringing more awareness to people around it is because I see a world of people struggling to do things that we're not good at (laughs) in many ways, instead of capitalizing on working with other people who are good at those things. I personally love creating. I could create all day long. I have approximately three ideas a day for a new business that I could start, a new thing that I could create. And it's really difficult to rein all those ideas in and only focus on something. Like right now I'm focused on doing this podcast. But when it comes to actually selling my ideas, like I love to build them. I have so many things built and just sitting in a corner collecting dust, you know? It's like, oh, I have this great website idea. And it's half finished. And for me, the end goal, like when I finish building something and it's done, I feel this amazing sense of like, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is so exciting. I did this. And then I feel this dread at having to go put it in front of other people and see if it, you know, like actually sell it and actually get it out there. It's awful. So like for me, it's super beneficial to just take that out of my life completely, like not deal with marketing, go work with people who can be that for me, who can do the marketing. They absolutely love to do it. It's fun for them. It's hell for me. It's fun for them. We work together and it's a win-win. 
So writing is really popular as well as a freelance thing because you can do that from anywhere. You can work with such a wide variety of clients. Most businesses need something written, you know, whether it's marketing content, whether it's Instagram captions, whether it's email newsletters, whether it's actually an entire website or product descriptions. There's just so much written, you know, the next time I, I encourage you, next time you see something written, whether it's an instructional manual, whatever it is, Somebody wrote that. And many, many times it's not the client or business owner themselves. Because again, we all excel in different areas. And a lot of us maybe that excel in running a business don't necessarily excel in writing about stuff. (laughs) So we hire someone to do it for us. So those are just some of the things that you can do as a freelancer. And I will say as well, with that, going back to the last question, that definition of what is a freelancer, with the definition being they're a contract worker, There are still some very traditional jobs that you can do as a freelancer. You could be a freelance customer service provider and work with a couple different clients, learning their product, learning their business and providing customer support for them. You know, a few hours a week here for this client, a few hours a week there for that client. Again, many small businesses just don't have a need for a full time 40 hour a week person answering emails and and questions and and responding to people on their social media, but they may have a need for a few. So You can think like really big and exotic when it comes to a freelancing career, but you can also think very basic. Everything is needed. Third question, how much money can you make? Really, the sky's the limit. It depends on you. It depends on what you want to do. It depends on the services that you're providing. You know, I encourage my students to think about the fact that you can charge more when you're going to help your client make more. So when thinking about a skill that you want to provide or thinking about valuing the work that you do, if you can show a client how working with you is going to help them make more money, they're definitely willing to pay you more. Okay. And it doesn't have to take long. My first year freelancing without having a clue what the hell I was doing, I made just under $95,000, which is far over double what I ever had made before. It just blew me away the possibility of the money that there was in freelancing. But I was able to provide value to my clients and take away something that was causing them stress, causing them pain, causing them uh, frustration. And it was fun for me. It was mind boggling. With that in mind, however, I encourage you to definitely spend some time thinking about what makes sense to you, what fits with your personality uh, and what will make you happy. Because all the money without happiness is just to me, just like a different kind of frustration and struggle. You know, if I wanted to make boatloads of money, I would definitely get good at paid advertising. I'd go work in like Facebook ads, Google ads, like just really learn how to bring my clients loads and loads of money. But for me, that would be soul crushing. (laughs) You know, I just, I don't like marketing and that just doesn't light me up. You know, I've sat in meetings with clients and our paid ads people and just like, oh, that conversation is just, it's just not for me. It doesn't light me up, but I love working with people who it lights them up (laughs) and we get results and I don't have to be the one, you know, directly involved in it. Luckily, there's just the beautiful thing about this world is there's so many people out there There's other people out there that love that and they're so good at it. And I enjoy being around them and talking about it, even though it just like it goes straight over my head. But it's just like it's fun because they're so passionate about it and they're good at it. And when people are, you know, passionate about what they do, it just bleeds through into this energy and this really good feeling. Next question, where do you find clients? 
So clients are everywhere because businesses are everywhere and business owners are everywhere. And this is so funny to me now because now that I'm on the inside, you know, so to speak, as a business owner and as someone who's worked with them for ages, I just, I meet people all the time, like everywhere. But so there's two specific ways to kind of find clients. One is through online platforms. There's a whole host of platforms out there connecting freelancers with clients who need help. I'm just going to mention three here right now. There's Upwork.com, U-P-W-O-R-K.com. And I'll put the links to these in the description. There's Freelancer.com and there's Fiverr.com. Fiverr is with two R's, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. So those are the three that I'm most familiar with. Most of the time you hear me talking about Upwork because that's the one that I started on and that's the one that I almost religiously hire from. But it's just a preference thing, you know, kind of like, you know, back in the day when I was in college, like some people drink Bud Light, some people drink Miller Light. You know, it's just like whatever they started out with and then they just stuck with it. (laughs) So it's kind of like Upwork for me. I started there. I'm familiar with it. I stick with it. I've hired people on Fiverr, but I've never actually worked on Fiverr myself. So... I would encourage you to just go out and peek around at these platforms, take a look at them, watch some YouTube videos, maybe just get like wrap your head around the idea that these things exist. And there's no longer like just this whole, I don't even you know know how to start freelancing. I don't know how I would find somebody. Literally, that's where you start. <laughs> that's where you can start to find somebody. There's also the way of going after clients directly, which is something I switched to very quickly in my freelancing career. I started on platforms, but I just didn't love that I still had to kind of be out here competing with all of these other freelancers for the same job versus just skipping all that and going directly to clients that I wanted to work with and that I thought I could provide value to. And so I'll talk about that in later episodes, but that's basically just directly, you know, connecting with someone and pitching your services to them based on a need that you see in their business that you could fill. Another question I get is how do you make time zones work? And this is because, you know, I travel a lot. I am currently recording this episode from Buenos Aires, Argentina. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be in England. And then I'm going to be moving even further over into Croatia. So yeah, it can get a little tricky to work with time zones in the sense that give me a month and I might be, you know, on the other side of the world from a client. But here's the thing that I really would love for you to consider, especially if you're just just thinking about starting out. You haven't done anything towards freelancing yet, so you have the opportunity to, to do this right from the very beginning. And here's what I would say to you. Make sure to always think of yourself as a business when you go about setting yourself up as a freelancer. You're a business. And with a business, you get to decide how you want to run your business. Somehow, some way, by accident, I just kind of started out that way and never looked back. So I sort of like lucked into this thing that has made me so happy in terms of life satisfaction, in terms of being able to do what I want, when I want, and from where I want. Because somehow at the beginning, just kind of by accident, I decided like, I'm not going to let somebody else tell me when I can work. I'm going to tell them when I'm available. And so you do this in a nice way, of course. But I don't get into relationships with clients where they are like, we need you to be here every Monday, 9 a.m. Or, you know, we always have Thursday at whatever o'clock meetings. That's really rare. I sort of say to them on the onboarding, which I talk about a lot on my blog, I have some resources on how to onboard clients properly. I make it clear that I'm in charge of how the working relationship is going. Of course, there's flexibility. Of course, there's, you know, meeting them halfway. Of course, we work out things together. But it's very much a sense of this is how I work. 
And this is how my hours are. This is when you can expect to hear from me. My clients love that I travel, you know, so they're, they're not surprised when I say you can expect to hear from me, you know, 48 hour turnaround or I don't answer emails on weekends ever, you know, like they're very open to that being the case just because that's the way I've structured it from day one. So with me, time zones don't really come into play that much. I will be cognizant of, of my time zones when choosing clients. Like I don't tend to work with people in Australia, not because I don't want to, just because I don't have any clients. Hi, if you're in Australia and want to work with me, <laughs> let me know. But um, as I make my way towards more of that part of the world, maybe I'll meet some people and have some clients in Australia and then we'll have to figure it out. But most of the things that I do, I structure in a way so the client knows that they're being taken care of. They know I'm over here doing my thing. They know that I'm amazing at what I do. I keep them looped in. I keep them informed. And so they don't have this thing where they need to meet with me all the time in order to feel taken care of. You know, I have had those, you know, crazy, you know, a midnight meeting here or having to get up at 5 a.m. to make a meeting there. But for the most part, I know where I'm traveling. I make sure I surround myself with clients who understand that I'm a traveler and, you know, people who are very considerate of that as well and go, hey, oh, you know, you're going to be over here. Well, why don't we move our meeting? Because, you know, we can also accommodate this time. So let's do that. So yeah, time zones have just never come into it for me. But I do meet a lot of people who are coming straight out of a kind of nine to five and they're very used to being having, you know, their job really wanted them to be on committed hours. So when they jump fully into freelancing, it can seem strange to go, well, how would I work with an Eastern time zone client in the U.S. if I'm over here in the U.K.? But it's all just in that presentation and how you set it up from the beginning and get, making sure that you're clear on how, how you work. It, it really is that simple. All right, we are almost done here, but there's one more question that I get from people around freelancing and travel. They say, what if I want to freelance, but I don't want to travel? And the answer is, awesome. <laughs> just do that. Just freelance. Don't travel. You know, freelancing is incredible for the freedom that it brings. How you use that freedom is up to you. I work with a lot of people who are parents and they love the flexibility that freelancing brings because it allows them to do what they want when they want. And the beauty of it is they get to spend more time with their family. They're there for different things during the day. They can pick the kids up from school early. They can go to school events. They can stay home when their kids are sick and, you know, just like, not work and and be able to take care of them. There's so much flexibility that freelancing brings. I say, take it and do what you will with it. Because of that freedom, yes, a lot of freelancers travel, but there are still many, many people working from a home base around the world that do not go out and travel. The last question I get all the time is, oh my gosh, okay, this is crazy. I want to do this. <laughs> I got to do this. How do I get started? Excellent question. There are a bunch of free articles on my blog, liveworktravel.com. Would love for you to start poking around there, checking things out, ask me questions about anything. And the other thing I want you to do is to just get curious. Just start poking around and noticing things. I think it's a lot like red car syndrome. You know, like you buy a red car and then you start to see your red cars everywhere. And you're like, oh, there's so many of them. Once you allow the idea of freelancing and working remotely to percolate in your head, I guarantee you things are going to start moving. You're going to start noticing things. You're going to start meeting other freelancers. You're going to maybe spend some time on YouTube and look at some stuff and listen to some stuff. 
and realize that this is a whole world out there. There's tons of people doing it. It's not just a one-off thing. It's not here today, gone tomorrow. This is definitely sticking around. And hopefully you'll start to realize that maybe you want to be a part of this too. You know, no one I've met so far was a kid and just thought, hey, I want to be a freelancer when I grow up. We all kind of fell into it through our different journeys, through our different experiences that we had in life. And I think that's just very common. Anyone you meet as a freelancer, if you meet someone, definitely ask them, how did you get into this? And there's as many different stories as there are freelancers out there. So just get curious and just invite kind of this exploration and see where the journey takes you. I look forward to sharing so much more with you along the journey. If you have any questions, definitely reach out to me at hello at liveworktravel.com. You can always follow along on my Instagram at liveworktravelig. And I'm building an online community for freelancers, a place for us to learn, to grow, to share, to connect. You can find that at liveworktravel.com forward slash community. Community.